mental health and well-being horizons with Zenat Nurani. This show is dedicated to offering insight, support and tips covering a range of topics related to addressing your mental health and well-being. Each week, guest experts and brave inspirational people share their personal journey and experiences about their recovery, bringing awareness and change to the importance of breaking through this long-standing negative stigma. Good morning and welcome to the Mindset Matters Talk Radio. Here I am again, Friday, same time, same place, and I'm talking all and everything around mental health. First of all, I would like to thank my sponsors this month, Musa Abdul, owner and director of Imperial Real Estate Group. They do property services, commercial repairs and sanitization services that you br- brings you uniqueness. And of course, I've got my Jason Morell from Jade Window Cleaning and Support Services based in Orpington, offering professional window cleaning to commercial properties throughout London. So uh, don't forget if uh, to tweet in your comments and shout outs to at Zenat underscore Narani. And don't forget to use the hashtag MSM Radio Talks or Mindset Matters in your post. Now, I am absolutely delighted because I have a treat of two wonderful guests today. And you can firstly hear, um, well, after the break, you're going to be hearing from one of UK's top dating expert and dating coach. But right now, I would like to present my first guest, Madam Mayor Hannah Gray of the London Borough of Bromley. Now, prior to becoming um, Mayor of Bromley, um, Hannah was a business uh, Bromley business champion. Now, Councillor Hannah Gray has been serving the community as a local government councillor for several years and was nominated to be the 2020 to 21 Mayor of Bromley at the height of the COVID pandemic in March 2020. Councillor Gray has for many years been known as one of South London's most prolific small and medium enterprise workers. Now, without further ado, I would like to welcome Hannah live today on the studio. Good morning. Hi, Zenat. <laughs> Thank you very much. I am absolutely delighted to be here too. It's great. I know we had a chat previously when you came on my podcast, but I am so delighted to be on your radio station. This is fantastic. I know, this is amazing. <laughs> so welcome. Uh, you know, it's it's really an honour to have you on the show today. Um, you know, you've got so much... Um, stories and experience and wisdom to share with us um so why don't you try and uh, start by telling us a little bit about yourself because i i know there's amazing things that you've done in your past to get where you are golly where do i start we haven't got long have we <laughs> <laughs> um i i grew up in uh, in Buxford, in east sussex in uh, an amazing house which was actually a rural center and my parents ran that, and I shared my parents with 30 different children every week. So that was a very strange upbringing, and quite a remarkable one. I was, I have to admit, a little lonely, although I did have a, a wonderful dog that kept me company. Because uh, you didn't really get to know those 30 children every week, and then they went away, and they got another 
use 30 children to get to know. So it was quite strange. Um, but no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was, I was very spoiled. We lived in a lovely, lovely house. Um, from there, I went to normal primary school and on to secondary school. And I was uh, singing in a school play, standing in for someone, uh, because they dropped out. And the uh, music teacher was also the careers advisor. And she said, oh, goodness, I think you've got a voice. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay. I've been singing in the church choir, but other than that, I didn't really think much about it. And she took me off to London, and I got listened to by the head of singing at the Royal Academy of Music. And she said, oh, yes, yes, you should take this up. So suddenly, from doing my O-levels, which it was then going on to, should have been A-levels, I suddenly went to music college. And from there, I worked hard and had to learn things because I hadn't done any grades in music. And um, had to do all that in a couple of years, and then went on to Trinity College of Music, and then took up singing for for a while. I mean, I I would like to say I was a professional because they paid me, but I I mean I wasn't a superstar by any stretch of the imagination. You're a superstar in your own way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I did other jobs at the same time, which is I suppose where my business acumen came in, because I you know had to work through many different types of jobs. But um, then you know got married, had two wonderful children, and then moved to Bromley and got involved in the community, which I've always done. I think that comes mm -hmm. back from my very young childhood when my parents were looking after the children and uh, in the community. And, um, and I've always done that. So I ended up being a counsellor. And then from there, became mayor. Quite simple, really. Yeah, Everyone can do it. <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, no, I... Wish I could have become a mayor. Who knows? Maybe in the future. Who knows? Uh, who knows what can happen? But I'm going to backtrack because actually your singing career led you to be an opera singer. Yes. It did. Yeah, I did that for a while. You did that for a while. And how was that? It was, it, you know, it's quite stressful because... It's wonderful. It's like being an athlete. I mean, I'd like to say I was at the top of my game, but some of the people that I worked with were incredible. And they were so devoted. You know, like when you were skating, you spent so many hours training, training, training to get it right. It was in a, you were in a little enclosed bubble, really. So when people ask me now about pop music from that era, I haven't a clue because I, I didn't have anything to do with any of that. I was just totally focused on what we were doing um, because you, nobody saves you when you're up there. You've got to be brave, you've got to know it, and you've got to know it really well to give a performance for other people because you have to remember you're not performing for you, are you? You're performing to entertain other people. Uh, so, yeah, I, I worked with some touring companies. Um, I did lots of solo work. I was a soloist with them. I uh, sang fantastic. Well, I was either a boy or... Um, or a lady of the night type thing. You know, it was one or the other. I was never the, the blonde, beautiful um, lady that needs saving by a night. So I, I sang Carmen, um, and, I, and I sang, you know, those sorts of roles, really. Um, so I loved it. It was really, really good fun, and you did escape into those roles. You became that person. Yeah. It was quite interesting when you look back on, on your mental health when you do those things, because it's an escapism for you. But yet there's a tremendous amount of pressure. Absolutely. And so what would you say your greatest learning from that that you've taken forward into your kind of career after singing? You have to be prepared. You absolutely have to do your homework. Um, I remember on one occasion, 
um, I was still at college and I got a little bit arrogant and I knew my stuff and I was known for my German leader and I could do it and you know that kind of thing you think you know everything when you're 21 and um, and I hadn't prepared properly and I went into a competition and I was standing on stage with my fantastic accompanist behind me and the panel of judges in front of me and I forgot the words I forgot what I was doing. I stood on stage and nothing could save me. Um, and I've never that forgotten that. Is that what we oh, yeah, but no, I, I hadn't prepared. <laughs> oh, I hadn't prepared. <laughs> yeah, preparation, preparation. Do your homework. Mm-hmm. Learn your stuff. Know what you're doing. And I think that put me in great stead for anything else in life. Mm-hmm. You can always push yourself, can't you? You can always do things um, you know, beyond your what you think you can do. You can always work that little bit harder, but you have to be prepared. You have to do your homework. Um, winning it doesn't really work. You might be able to do it on some things, but trust me, on that occasion, it wasn't going to get me through it. I couldn't suddenly start singing random German words. It wasn't going to happen. <laughs> no, I don't think I could either. But yes, yeah, so being prepared is, uh, you know, big mm. points because I think depending on, you know, what you do, where you're going, there needs to be a, sort of an element of um, preparation in there. Right. So think, you know, I. With you being mayor of Bromley, you know, I just, I'm really curious to know and for the listeners to know, how have you managed your mental, emotional and physical, um, you know, state with all the things that you've had to juggle whilst being a mayor during this height of COVID, you know, being a mother, having a partner and also having time for yourself? Yeah, it has been tricky. It has been tricky. I think it's been tricky for everyone. Um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter whether you're mayor or, or whether you're, you know, the local butcher or, or you're, you know, the local teacher. I mean, for goodness sake, they've been through it and back, haven't they? But um, I think it has been tricky. So what I've done is, in the summer, it didn't seem so bad. We, I'm very lucky. I've got a garden and we've got space. And I think that's really important. So what I've done and what we've done as a family is we've all created our own space. Now, we're lucky enough that boys have got a room each and, you know, I've now moved into the little room for my office. So we're lucky enough to have that space. But even if you're not, that designated area in your house, even if you live in a very small flat or, you know, you don't have outside space, to find a designated cupboard or top or space that is yours, that you can go and sit in and find your own mental space by doing so. And if that involves not necessarily being in the house, but going and taking a walk outside, giving yourself that 10, 15 minutes, if more, if it more if possible, and just find yourself some space. Clear your head and just think about the things that are important to you and put things back into perspective. Because when you're so intense in a, in a, a boiling pot, I think sometimes things can get out of perspective mm-hmm. and you, you, can, you can end up in this terrible downward spiral. And we've all done it. We all have days that are bad days. And I think it was something that you said to me in the podcast, and I'm not sure I'm going to quote it correctly. It's all right not to be all right. What did you say? Yeah, it's, it's okay not to be okay, but that's, that's yeah, it as There well. we go. <laughs> it's better. It's okay not to be okay. So to allow yourself to think, 
I'm not on my own. Other people feel like this. Mm. And um, I'm just going to take some time out. And then I get myself back into the kind of positive mode that I normally am in. So it's quite strange when you're a positive person and suddenly you don't feel mm. very positive at all. Um, and then I've had the, the real privilege of going out and thanking people as mayor, going out and thanking people on the front line for doing what they do. Mm. And that is incredible because it's very different now all year. It hasn't been terribly glamorous with lots of uh, very important dinners, raising huge amounts of money for my charities, which is a shame because you know, that is part of the wonderful things of being there as you raise lots of money for your charities. Yes. But I've been able to do something different. And other mayors have done it in the past, but maybe not quite as intensely as I've been able to this year. And go to people and places. So I've been to undertakers. Mm. to say thank you. They've had a terrible time of it. One person even said to them, oh, well, you're making plenty of money. I mean, what a thing to say. Mm. These people are human beings, you know. They are, they've, they've got feelings and, and they've been overwhelmed with other people's grief. So going to them and saying thank you. I went to the dump. I went to the dump yeah. to say thank you. No, not many males have done that. In fact, I don't think any males have done that. They've not needed to, but they loved it. They loved the fact that someone said thank you for clearing up our rubbish That's and giving people certificates. So I have I've enjoyed thanking people so much that it's given me a great feeling. I know that sounds a little selfish, but if you give to other people, you feel good in yourself. And you and that's helped me in myself. And you know what? They, there is research that says when you start to volunteer or thank people or give, um, you know, uh, without wanting anything back, you actually receive a lot more and it's great for the soul. So it's, you're not doing yeah. it in a selfish uh, way. You're doing it in a positive way because actually you do care and it's uplifting for everyone. And then people remember that. I think that's so important mm. because we really do care and we really are grateful. I mean, as you know, I'm the first citizen of the borough and I represent mm. the borough. So it's not just me saying thank you, mm. it's the borough saying thank you. And, you know, I've heard people respond in such a wonderful way because they, they don't normally get it. I've been to see bus drivers as well as obviously our carers and our nurses and our mm. doctors and our ambulance service and all those amazing people. But, you know, the people that keep the supermarkets open, they've They've been on the front line, and they've taken other people's stress, and you hear about that. And it's it's good to be able to go out and say thank you and give them certificates and say thank you. It's not very much, is it? But it's something just to show that we are really appreciative of what they do. And you're right, you know, if you do it, you do it because you want to do it, not because of any other reason. It does make you feel good in yourself because you think, actually, I've made a difference to their world today. I've cheered them up today, and that's a lovely feeling. It is, and I think it's one wonderful to um all, you know what you're doing is to go out and because so many people get slipped under the cracks and don't get appreciated you know the people at the shops like you mentioned at the, bu at the bus station at the dumpsters you know all those pe wonderful people working there clearing away our rubbish and doing so much for us they tend to kind of get forgotten sometimes so it is great to go along and say thank you for what yes when i've been able to mm. But I, I haven't been able to lately. Obviously, I'm not breaking any lockdown rules. But um, I'm starting a new thing called hashtag nominate a local hero. Because I think that's a way of doing it. So people can nominate on my Facebook page. That's Mary Bromley Facebook page. Um, hashtag nominate a local hero. Because even their next door neighbor that's been 
knitting something for some person to keep them warm or be making the face masks or all the wonderful people that have been cooking all the food for people and, and just delivering it to people's doorsteps. And there's so much going on out there. People are doing, we've got thousands of wonderful volunteers. And um, if someone, if people can nominate them, I don't mind what they've done because I don't want people to slip through the cracks. They will, but I don't want them to. So please ask your listeners to nominate a hero, their hero, someone that cleaned the snow off the path for them, someone that got the shopping for them, someone that smiled and said good morning to them, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, let's nominate them and then I can just put a little picture up and a little bit of thank you underneath it on, on our Facebook and social media and try not to miss anyone because everyone's doing wonderful things. It's done, although people have been through hell and back with this and some people are still suffering and grieving, there's also been wonderful people and wonderful things that have come out of it and the community has really come together in a way that is quite incredible and amazing isn't it it is absolutely so that's nominate a hero and you can find that on your facebook page um, is that correct my facebook page yeah nominate a local hero yeah so it doesn't matter how big how small what it is uh please nominate your hero let's recognize yes. all those wonderful people out there right so just really, because um, I know I'm cautious of time, but uh, what are your thoughts on how small businesses have been supported during this pandemic? Well, we, when I became mayor, I, I stopped becoming um, the small business champion, but uh, lovely lady councillor Yvonne Baer took mm. that role. Um, and so she's been overseeing and pushing forward, making sure that we've got as many grants out as we possibly can. I know that some people have found it difficult to get grants in the first place, but I think the system got easier. Um, and we were very conscious of the fact that we needed to get these grants out to people to keep them afloat. Um, and I know there's a discretionary one out. Um, you need to look on the uh, Bromley Council website to find that. But they've also been helping each other. Um, and, you know, I'm part of a networking group, um, BNI, and I know that everyone's been looking out for each other and finding work for each other and making sure that the work is shared around locally. I think buy local is really important, especially now. So even if it does cost you, cost you a couple of pennies more, and usually it doesn't, usually it costs you less, but really buy locally, support locally if you can, get local tradesmen, um, and people have been doing that, and I think they've been supporting each other um, and their well-being as well. Part of the networking groups I go to, I don't just go to that one, I go to others as well. People suddenly will pick up the phone and, and make a phone call. In fact, I wasn't particularly well this morning and didn't go to my networking group I normally go to um, and and I've already had a number of phone calls and, and messages to say are you okay do you need to talk and I think that's really important Absolutely. don't forget no matter how strong someone appears and how together they may appear you just just be aware that they might not be and pick up the phone and talk to them and see if you can help them in any way I think that's so important. People have pivoted their businesses as well. They've been very brave, haven't they? Yes. They've, they've been very honest with themselves, and that's a difficult thing, isn't it? That's a difficult thing. Looking yourself in the mirror and saying, okay, this isn't working. I have to do something drastic about this. And there's usually a way to solve it. Um, and one of the other corny phrases I use <laughs> is, is change is an opportunity for improvement. But I do honestly feel that. I'm never frightened of change. Um, you have to be brave. 
but don't be frightened of it because it is an opportunity to change things for the better. And sometimes if businesses have been struggling along, um, you're doing okay, you know, but maybe not booming, um, then maybe they need to look at that yeah. and, and maybe they need to say honestly to themselves. Sorry. It's not okay. gonna, no, it's not going to be there forever. It's just in that moment. So take that opportunity to kind of grow and find out those av other avenues, isn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to press on. I'm so sorry. Um, but what is your greatest memory in learning that you're going to take forward from being, because oh, you still are for the time being, uh, the mayor mm -hmm. of Bromley? What are you going to take forward with you? Oh, my greatest learning would still be that that awful feeling of not doing doing preparation properly. I think the greatest <laughs> feeling would be, um, I mean, that would be my scariest thing I've ever done, but also the most important thing I've ever learnt, okay. and that is prepare, do your work. I think Stephen Covey says, sharpen your saw um, before you, you start trying to hack down a tree. You know, make sure you've done your homework and you know your stuff. That's my biggest thing. And, and that, that includes preparing before I go and see people so I know who they are, what they've mm. done, what they've achieved. So as a mayor, I still do that preparation. It's really important that, that you learn um, lifelong learning. Absolutely. And you kind of jumped to my um, next question, which was, what is the scariest thing you've ever done? Is there anything else that Scary. Well, yes. I mean, I continue to do scary things. Okay. I, I, I did, um, I did white water rafting because I was frightened of it, so okay. I did it. Um, I am absolutely petrified of heights, so um, I jumped out of an airplane. Fantastic. Um, I can't say I enjoyed it, but I made myself do it. But you know what you do? You learn from these mm. things. And because I've done it, see, this is the big thing. If you're frightened of something, do it. Because once you've done it, you know you can do it. And you know that you will live. I, I can't say I love it, but if someone said to me, you need to go and raise you know, a certain amount of money to save this person to get them to medical treatment or something, you know, I'd do it. Yeah. I'd do it. I'd do it tomorrow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about it, even though I wouldn't necessarily enjoy it, I would do it. So, yeah, the scariest things are face your fears and, and do them. I went scuba diving. Now I'm a really good swimmer, I used to be. Mm. Um, but they put all this stuff on my back, these, these, these um, tanks on my back, and they said, jump off the back of the boat. Oh, I was really crying. <laughs> I was really crying with fear. The, the tears were just pouring down my face. Oh, and that's because my body was saying, this is not right. You can swim, but why have they put all this weight on you? <laughs> Try having those tanks on you when you're my size. <laughs> oh, scary. But face your fears. I bet you, have you been scuba diving? I it's have. amazing. I have. I do it um, well, before the pandemic. I used to do it quite regularly. So it's something that I love doing. Uh, so it's amazing. It's amazing. I bet you've faced your fears, haven't I you, have. in the stuff you've done well, in your world? I've swum with um, nurse sharks and things like that, so it's great. It's great. I haven't ah. swum with a tiger shark yet, but uh, we'll get there eventually at some point. <laughs> of course you will. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the, the scariest things I've done and the biggest tip is face your fears. Face your fears. Great. Fantastic. Um, and I, I, I agree with that. Facing fears, um, going outside your comfort zone is really important uh, in order to move forward and succeed. So my next question... Because you mentally feel so proud of yourself, you don't do, you? you? You feel so proud of yourself. You People need to say well done to themselves a lot more, I think. I think so. You're absolutely right. You know what? You've given some great tips, great advice, inspirational. It's been absolutely wonderful. But before I let you go, who has inspired you the most in your life and journey? Oh, I know this sounds really corny, but my mother and father. 
Uh, they were such wonderful people. My father's not here. My mother still is with us, thank goodness. But um, they were such wonderful people. And for years, 20 more years, 25 years, I think it was, they ran that centre. And they had children come down from London that had never seen a cow, never, never been in a big posh house, n never um, been served at table properly. Mm. And, you know, they were just treated properly. And they flourished. And I think my inspiration comes from from my parents uh, and they were just really kind caring giving people and they changed people's lives um with their love and care and yeah i would definitely say they inspired me fantastic well madam mayor it has been absolutely wonderful having you on the show and i'm definitely having you back once we're out of this pandemic so i can get you into the studio and we can spend oh, hours time chatting away <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't stop we wouldn't stop no, would we, we <laughs> anyway, thank you so much thank you so much have a wonderful weekend and thank you very much for coming on the show my pleasure Zina. thank you for inviting me i love your show keep up the good work thank you take care take care bye-bye bye-bye Don't worry about the height, we'll get it right. Jade Window Cleaning and Support Services for all your commercial and residential window cleaning needs throughout London and the South East. Call us on 01689-885-004 or email info at jwcss.com. Hello, and there we have it. We had Madam Mayor, the Mayor of Bromley. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Now, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my next guest, James Priest, who is one of UK's leading top expert coaches and dating gurus. So let's listen to what he had to say. My guest today is James Priest, one of the UK's leading dating experts and dating coaches. He has been working in the industry for 15 years and is involved in a wide variety of different areas, such as personal dating coaching, online dating, singles events and consulting for many dating companies. He is a very experienced relationship coach, or expert should I say, and has helped tens of thousands of men and women find love, build confidence and improve their relationships. He is a regular uh, featured expert in the top UK and international media such as The Independent, Cosmopolitan, OK Magazine, Men's Health, eHarmony, The Sun, Universal Pictures. You know what, my friend will be happy about that, knowing about eHarmony. Uh, he has clients all over the world and is the author of 15 best-selling dating books, including the Amazon number one bestseller online dating guide, I Will Make You Click. So welcome, James. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. You know, it's absolutely wonderful to have you here and taking this time to come on the show and share your insights, your expertise of dating to all our listeners, um, especially now uh, due to the impact of COVID and how dating has changed or not changed or is working, not working, you know, all these things. Because I know from my side of experience, the dating scene is just overwhelming for me um and also we've got valentine's coming up as well and that time of the year can be great for some people but for others it can be quite um a difficult time um in terms of people's mental health and well-being 
So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to do what you do? Okay, great question. Well, I've been doing this now for over 15 years and 15 plus years ago, I used to be an actor and I used to love doing acting. I had a great social circle from doing that, but I didn't quite meet the one. And I was always looking, going out on dates and I quickly discovered that working at singles events was a great way to get dates and also to make extra money in the meantime. Mm. And before I met my wife, not from the events, from elsewhere, and I wasn't allowed to go on any more dates anymore. But I started <laughs> working more and more singles events. That's a gate crash, the very first one I ever did, but that's another story. Okay. And I worked for 10 different <laughs> companies running singles events and speed testing. Absolutely loved it. And people started paying me for the same advice that I, I had to get my wife. So they were paying me to learn about body language, confidence, flirting, all the mm. skills I had as an actor, which were very, very transferable. Mm. And I really, really loved helping people and bringing them together, introducing them at these parties. And it grew from there, really. And over the years, I've worked with more and more singles, more and more brands all over the world. And I actually feel very, very privileged to be able to do this, especially, like you mentioned, during these very, very difficult times. Yeah. Just kind of to lightheartness this a little bit, what does your wife think about what you do? <laughs> what does she think? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to say the word tolerates because she's very, very understanding and she she completely appreciates and likes what I do. There has to be a lot of trust because normally mm. in the real world, I'm meeting lots of single people in my events in non-COVID times and meeting people face to face. And there's a lot of trust in there. And But I would never do anything she's a black belt kickboxer and if i ever did she'd put me through a window (laughs) she is it's very much an understanding that i help men and women equally and she does like what i do because it's helping people isn't it there's no better job than be able to bring love into someone's life absolutely and do you find what you do um kind of correlates to your own relationship or are they two completely separate things in terms of my my wife or in terms of my friends and family how do you mean relationships with friends family your wife hmm. i'm always learning that's the best i can answer i can give you nobody's perfect hmm. no one takes their own advice but i had to go for a certain procedure and certain strategies yeah. to do to get some situation which was working on myself and becoming hmm. the best version of myself and even now i'm always working on myself Maybe not in all the ways I'd like to right now, because we are <laughs> all caged in like <laughs> yeah, but like lions in a cage at the moment, <laughs> prowling around. But I have to do a lot of work and work on my confidence. Mm. And I believe I'm a very lucky person. And mm-hmm. I believe that I'm very much blessed. And if you look for signs of that, then you will see that. Yeah. And I also believe that in your relationships, you should never stop working on them. You should always try and improve them, even if you've been together 13 years like I have. Yes, and I think sometimes that's a, a quite a common thing. People kind of get comfortable and they stop working on the relationships. And possibly, I mean, you're the expert. Maybe that's where the downfalls start to happen. And when we're confronted with um, what we are now, the pandemic, oh, my goodness, you know. So, I mean, before we talk about the pandemic and the mental health side of things, I mean, what are the common fears and reasons why people are possibly not successful when it comes to dating or maintaining these long-term relationships? People deep down often don't believe that they really do deserve a happy relationship. Mm. 
And because of that, I see a lot of self-sabotaging going on. Mm. They will go onto dating apps and dating sites trying to meet somebody, but they won't make a proper effort. They'll use old pictures, rubbish profiles, oh, yes. not really interested by people. And they do it as a way of saying, well, it's not really my fault if it goes wrong then. And they will reject people very, very quickly and look for faults. And that is a very common problem. And also people are just frustrated with what I call over-dating. They're go mm. going on these apps and they're very very addictive and they're swiping left right and center as a way to try and meet somebody and it doesn't really work because you're looking at someone's picture rather than who they really are what are their values what do they want Mm. in life they're looking for a serious thing you can't you can't tell that based on one or two pictures so they don't work people are frustrated and they're not sure how to meet people Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they really want. So the biggest issue tends to be they might have a very, very long checklist in the person that they want. But if you ask them for their own checklist and say, well, what do you have to offer? They really do struggle with that. And I help them work through that. That's interesting. Because it's only by knowing what makes you dateable, what your USPs are, that someone else is going to realise that and want to be drawn to you. Interesting. Yes. So when we dig deep into dating, it's not as simple as it is well now i mean would you say dating has changed drastically um over the years and maybe perhaps dating 20 30 years ago was actually easier than what it is now yes and no is the answer to that okay years and years years and years ago people were introduced by family members they met from Mm. work they met from going down the pub more social activities it tends to be smaller communities we didn't travel as much and as but it was very much very easy you looked around your pool of people and you weren't as picky you worked mm-hmm. out who there was and you thought you know what i'm happy with this i'm gonna see what i've got i'm gonna make a life roll with it roll with it and that's what happened people were willing to work with it but now unfortunately we work longer and longer hours mm-hmm. and then normally we're all, actually we're remote right now aren't we it's impossible yes. to meet someone now in that in that sense but normally in real life we work longer and longer hours we all People are working remotely and working away from where they might live. And we haven't got time mm. to go out there. or as much money to spend on social activity. So it's very, very hard. And that is why if there are singles events, if there are online dating sites, if there are dating apps, they do provide a way of bridging that gap. They mm. allow you to meet more people quickly. So, yeah, they, they can work. But things have changed for the best and for the worst. Yeah. But what I do believe is... When online dating came out, it was a great thing to happen. It allowed you to read proper profiles and and to meet people that way. And that was great. But then dating apps have come along in the last four or five years. Mm. And that has changed things dramatically. And I say that's probably for the worst on the whole. Mm. Because you are not reading long profiles anymore. You're looking at short profiles of two or three lines. And you're basing it purely on a picture. So while it's a lot quicker, it's not as detailed. You're not going to get as good a match by doing that. Yeah. And also you've got that one only either women can respond first or men can respond or they can like, but they can't chat with the woman. Uh, there's there's too much complication, I think, as well, that happens along the way. There is. They overcomplicate these things. And the reason that is that there's most of these apps do tend to have nine men for every woman on them. <laughs> and that makes it that means women do get overwhelmed with messages and interest mm. and and therefore they get put off we think these mm. men are overwhelming me i'm not that really want this anymore because men aren't being being selective enough men tend to do what's called scattergun they will contact uh-huh. every woman they can find and women will just be more selective and only respond to a few so it tends to be the same 10 percent of men are going out on most of the dates that's what tends to happen mm-hmm. if i read that recently i read a very interesting reddit thread which was about all the insides 
dating app employees of reading all the secrets, but what really goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And they confirm that that ten percent of the men are getting all the ten percent are getting all the dates because they're the ones that have the best profiles and sending the right messages. The women just not interested in the rest of them. Yeah. You know, um, from my experience, what I find is um, that you know you make contact with people, and I'm um, you know you can give your insight on this as well uh, that you find that they want to just text all the time now i feel that when i have a connection with someone let's get on the phone or let's get on a zoom call you know facetime because there's so much if there is a distance and see where it goes from there some people because we've got so much into this society of texting back and forth in our normal lives that it's happening in the dating what's your thought on that I completely agree with you. I think you lose a massive element of the connection by not talking on the phone and not getting to know them first. The initial phone call does not need to be more than 10 minutes, but you need to have a phone call to vet them, to filter them out. Do you really want to meet this person? And then yeah. to arrange a proper date. Yeah. Even if you're doing a, a virtual video date, 20 minutes is plenty for that. Mm. It shouldn't be a date replacement, but it's a sort of precursor of warming up to getting excited to see them in the first place. But many men in particular, men aren't really used to talking on the phone. This yeah, is what happens. And that. millennials don't talk on the phone much either. Yeah. Because it's all about texting. It's all, don't even meet your friends anymore. You go onto Facebook and you, you comment. Yeah. And you, you interact. That's what happens. But you've got to bring back the human emotions, the human connections. And to do that, you've got to do two things. You've got to go beyond just texting and what's happening, which I absolutely hate. And you have to go on to a real phone call and then you have to actually meet that person. Yeah. You have to meet them relatively quickly. Otherwise, they're going to get distracted by somebody else. Or or that kind of motivation or the inspiration or the passion suddenly just goes... It does. Do that noise again. That was a good noise. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a great noise. They do that. All what happens is you went to spend too long just texting away or even talking. And then you do meet up eventually. You think the magic isn't there because you've created a fantasy version in your head of what that person might be like. Mm. And reality can never match that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a balance. Yeah. You know, with the whole dating, um, I'm sure there's many people out there that can relate to this. It does start to, you know, for both men and women, it does start to affect your confidence if you're not getting those dates or uh, you're not getting those uh, likes, whatever they might be. You think, well, what's wrong with me? Am I too old? Am I... um, not tall enough um because i've had comments like that before where um you know everything's great but you're far too short for me and i think sometimes the expectations are far too high with what people want they are people think they can go on these apps and they're going to get an absolute dream wish list of all the barbie. Yeah, <laughs> get a barbie or get a ken, ken and they think they're going to, women in particular are very heightist. They will try and, they might be five foot three, but they're still going, only filtering above men five foot 11 on these. Some apps don't allow you to filter. The Tinder, mm-hmm. for example, only shows you age and location, but some things like Bumble and Hinge allow you to filter and Match.com allows you to filter and things like that. Mm-hmm. But they will filter based on someone over five foot 11 for silly superficial reasons. And then men under five foot 11 don't get a look in. Mm. <laughs> it's very very strange but in real life if they met that person and they had a conversation with them if they're five foot eight five foot nine they get on the dip and get a match yeah yeah and and no one ever did this because they're allowed to filter because they're allowed to filter on certain things they do yeah and, and that's a problem i had yeah. a client once sorry go on. no no go ahead 
No, I had a client once who went onto a, a dating site and put in his ideal woman. He did all the filters and ended up with one match by putting everything in. He thought that's what you did. It was like going on buying a car. You go on there, you just, I want someone who's this height, this hair colour, this age, this location, this hobby, and he got one match. There you go. And he didn't reply. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can be great, sometimes it can't be in this um, instance because what you're doing is you're limiting your opportunities. You are. You're limiting. In this situation, you should be getting to know people mm. as much as you can and seeing who's out there and be open-minded. Some deal-breakers are important. If, for example, you're into your health and fitness, then dating a smoker is probably an absolute deal-breaker. <laughs> if you want to have kids and the person doesn't, it's important to specify that. And to, yeah. These are important things. Mm. Uh, even religion is important. But even things like maybe you're a vegetarian. Do you really, really care if someone eats meat occasionally? Does it really, really matter? If it's religious reasons, fair enough. But if it goes beyond that, mm. lifestyle choices, there's got to be some fine line. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. And like you said, it is you're, you're limiting yourself by doing that. Yeah. People have limited beliefs as well. I mean, limited beliefs are they're not really good enough. They're never going to meet somebody. They're, they're frustrated by the whole process. In fact, frustration is the biggest reason people come to me. It's not just their own frustration. Mm. They might have heard, the needy single, they've heard from their friends how bad dating is nowadays and how bad dating apps are. And they become almost frustrated by proxy. Their friends have told them this. I don't want to go on these dating apps. I don't want to go on online dating. I'm not going to singles yes. events. I heard they're awful. Then what else are you going to do? Yeah. And you're influenced by your environment, the things that people yeah. say to you. Uh, it's that kind of mm -hmm. trust. You think, oh, they're my friends. So obviously they're telling me mm -hmm. um, the truth. But actually, it's a, it might be the truth for them, but it doesn't necessarily mean it, it would be for the next person because we're all unique, aren't we, in yeah. our ways? It's every, everybody has an individual experience. What one person likes, another person doesn't like. Everyone's attracted to different things. That's why there's a hundred of flavours of ice cream, as I always say. <laughs> I like that. Though I don't eat a lot of ice cream. I'm quite picky with my ice cream. <laughs> what ice cream do you like? Um, so I do like my Cornish vanilla one, my cookies and dough, um, <laughs> and the haagen uh, cookies. Yeah cream so nice. well that's the point they've invented new flavors that didn't exist 10 years ago <laughs> and that's what happens with dating people are trying new things being more experimental and then bringing out new flavors of dating all the time and new different dating apps yeah. for different niches and niches seem to be invented left right and center yeah. so you can have fun with this but also i think you know when you were talking about limiting beliefs um and values also you know a lot of impact is culture as well that can be you know you might be wanting to break through break through your culture that you have or the religion that you have and think you know i want to go beyond this but because of family pressures people don't as much or they're completely lost um uh, you know what we can talk about this all day because it's uh, it's amazing talking to you but i i am conscious of time and i kind of want to move on to the impact right now of mental health um that's happening so you know how do you see the COVID right now affecting the dating scene? It's a very complicated situation. That's the first thing. At the start of the whole first lockdown, we had a lot of breakups going on. People realised they no longer wanted to stay with someone that they weren't happy with. And that's actually a good thing because it meant they were set free to go and meet somebody else. And then people had a long, long time of absolute loneliness, which is very, very sad. Mm. Loneliness has always been a problem. And it's particularly become worse, obviously. People are isolated now. But what it's meant is people on the positive side have had a really good chance to reflect on what they want and what they don't want. And they're absolutely chomping at the bit to meet mm. someone now. Mm. And 
in 15 plus years, I've never been so busy. And the same is true for some of the matchmaking agencies I work with as well. Absolutely. Even this week, I've been inundated with loads of different wow. new clients sent to me by agencies, which is wonderful. But what's happened is some people now are, they absolutely sick to death of this. They want to go out, they want to meet people. So it's desperation. Uh, almost i wouldn't say desperation i say again it's frustration okay they are really really keen to meet someone they know what they want they would willing to do everything they possibly can but the unfortunate thing is that we're currently in lockdown which means you can't go out to a bar you can't mm -hmm. go out and meet people but what you can do is go for a socially distanced walk and that's fine you've got to think outside the box and make it more interesting people are very much now <laughs> they were sick of they, they did the zoom dating for a bit they got sick of that after a while yeah. the reason they got tired of it because you're doing that all the time for work we're having work relationships so they want to come introduce the dating side into it there's no people difference. there's no difference people are very very lonely and they're very much ready to go out there much more seriously than ever before to go and meet somebody and they're not quite sure how to do it and that's that's the issue and particularly those over 60 who might be a bit more reluctant to go out there and to go out and exercise but anyone under that is still going out dating yeah absolutely and in terms of um what kind of things are you working on with people right now to help them past all these sort of challenges and issues uh, you know as you've said there's a lot of confidence there's a lot of limiting beliefs you know they're trying to balance work as you said on zoom all the time the last thing they want to do is you know so what kind of things are you helping people with right now and how's that going confidence is a very very important part of this working out that you are enough you are enough on your own you don't need to find someone to complete you but if you have someone in your life who is there to add extra adventures that's just a bonus that's the first thing and when you realize that you know your own worth then you can get a plan I give them plans I give them strategies to maybe meet someone through agencies through online dating free through dating apps and I do it in the right way and I work mm. with them to make sure they're marketing themselves in completely the right way. If they don't do that, it's just a waste of time. And I work with them and make them realize, above all, this is the most important thing mm. that I do, dating is fun. If it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. And with me, they can see, I have a good <laughs> laugh, I have a good sense of humor, hopefully, and I realize that what they're doing, uh, I, I laugh at what they've been doing, and I help them realize that the future is very, very bright. And this yeah. pandemic is not going to go on forever. But there are opportunities everywhere. And mm. also I give them ideas for dates, how they can go beyond just going for a walk around the park. Because that frustrates people after a while. There's so much more you can do. So give us an example. One of your top examples, the best ones, are the most successful one for our listeners. What, for, for a date? For a date. Well, whatever you do, if you're going to go for any sort of walk, because walks are the only option, but yeah. go and don't just walk around a park, don't walk around a wood, but you've got to start it off with half an hour of sitting down on a bench with proper eye contact. People forget that. No matter what you do, mm. you don't have that eye contact. You're walking around a park with a complete stranger. I'm looking at the green light, by the way, so I'm, I've got eye contact on you. You've got the eye contact. <laughs> right, I've got, got the eye, eye contact. contact. I'm looking at the yeah. green dot. But I've got the eye contact as well. But then we're not we're not aligned. We're not looking at yeah. each other's eyes. Yes. That's the problem with this. Mm. And you've got to sit on a bench for half an hour, have that deep connection, and then you get the eye contact. Yeah. We spoke about this before, didn't we? About having the eye contact off yes. camera, off, off recording. And then what you need to do, for the first time you do this, go and get a guidebook, go on the internet and find an interesting different type of walk. One of the favourite ones you can do is find a ghost walk. 
Go walking around where you might find where ghosts are supposed to be sighted. Or go on a history tour. Or go where architecture is. Or go where a serial killer, Jack the Ripper walk in London is very, very popular. Go and look up your own map, your own route. And then you've got a talking point when you're going around doing this. Yeah. Wandering around trying to avoid falling into puddles within a complete isolated place in the woods. Go and find somewhere there's a story you can talk about. So would you say you can still kind of do this, even though we're still in this lockdown? Because obviously those special kind of walks are all closed at the moment. No, you find your own. I don't you mean you go to a book at all. You go on the internet and you find a, a route. Okay. There, are, there are free walks everywhere, advice on this. You can get a book or you can get a, an internet page that suggests walks for you in your area. Right. Maybe you're not thought of. Yeah. So you, you go on there. So well, this, this is a walk and you follow that route yourself. I'm not suggesting you go on a guided walk. You just do it yourself. Great, fantastic. So that's um, any listeners out there, that's something that you could try out maybe with Valentine's coming up as well. Uh, that could be a different adventure for you to explore. A little bit more about uh, Valentine's um, coming up. Some, you know, some ideas what people can do, but also how can we support people who may be alone um, or single or can't be with their partner? All those kind of aspects that are affecting them mentally. You've got to remember that Valentine's Day is a, pretty much a gimmick. It's supposed to be a time to celebrate the love of your life, but that should be every day. Absolutely. Valentine's Day, as part of a couple, should be every day. You should never stop treating them while they are Valentine. So flowers, <laughs> chocolates, doing nice things for each other, gifts, that should happen just spontaneously throughout the year. But if it's a special day, make sure you do celebrate it to some degree. Mm. I don't think many are going to get away with not buying flowers to their partner. Mm. And if you've forgotten about it, get them a card. <laughs> what I would do is remember if you're alone, then self-love is the most important thing. Remember yeah. how important you are. Do some nice things for yourself. Order yourself your favourite takeaway, a bottle of wine that you like. Have a bubble bath. Watch your favourite programme. Appreciate who you are and realise how much you have to offer again. And just, do you know what? Reward yourself that day. You don't need a partner. And just think of the, the absolute positive side. The amount of money you're going to save, not going out to <laughs> restaurants, not spending... Because prices are double then. And... <laughs> They, they double the prices and they do that all the time. It's a gimmick. And you, you get charged £30 extra just to have a rose at the end of it. But it's better to spend the £30 on an absolutely massive takeaway and enjoy that. Exactly. Local takeaways. But again, this is also a pressure for couples as well, you know, financially that, you know, they may not be in that place to afford those things, but they want to do it and they feel like they have to do it. Um, I know we don't have to do anything, but there is an element of pressure when it comes to money and the amount you spend in dating, even the dating apps. Are, dating can be expensive. The apps are primarily they're what called freemium. So you go on there, they look like they're free. But if you want to actually use anything, you've got to spend 10, 20, 30 pounds a month. Yeah. Matchmaking agencies are great, but they can cost between three and fifteen thousand pounds. Yeah. But dating yourself, if, you, if money is a problem or, or, or at this moment in time, then mm -hmm. you do not need to buy someone's attention or buy someone's affection. They will understand. What you can do, it's much more meaningful to write them a poem, write mm -hmm. them a lovely card maybe to find something to make a collage of pictures of the two of you, do something special, do something that's free, free or cook something for each other. If you're together, go out there and go down Aldi and buy some dishes and cook it. That's Sounds not wonderful. particularly expensive. It Sounds absolutely. And do you know what, when you were talking about the, the loneliness, so for example, um, I, I'm not in a relationship or anything and I don't really believe in Valentine's as much. Like, you know, you said 365 days a year, that's, 
way you show how you care about someone but what i'm doing um is and hopefully they won't be listening to this show um but uh, for my brother-in-law and my sister who are in winchester they they're both doctors work really hard they've got their kids they don't get time to spend together um and you know they've never really celebrated valentine's day i don't think my sister actually is a bit like me doesn't really believe in valentine's day but i've ordered um from a lady who works for my date she's a dating agency um and coach a little graze box so she's kind of uh, working with someone else who does uh, making food so it's a graze box with nuts and things and i've bought a bottle of champagne and i feel good giving them a present and it makes me feel good that's what it's about it's not about what you can get for yourself it's giving Mm. someone a gift who's going to appreciate it and having said that i can recommend something right now that could be a good gift to anyone that's listening it's a budget around 15 pounds go on to um, i mentioned this why not go on to morrison's they deliver food boxes other companies do this as well and for for around 15 pounds with a discount code you can get an afternoon tea delivered to somebody and i've done this for my family i've sent afternoon teas out it's scones it's cakes it's all these lovely things and they would really really appreciate it as a nice surprise whether it's a couple whether it's someone on their own they would appreciate it if you ever want to do that send one of these gift boxes out afternoon tea because who does not like afternoon tea oh absolutely <gasps> scones yeah. and clotted cream mm, with strawberries um with right strawberries. so i might order some for myself uh so 15 pounds <laughs> morrison's afternoon tea what could go wrong um <laughs> right so uh thinking about uh your top three tips or advice that you would give to our listeners to support them with dating right now to maintain their mental well-being yeah first of all write down the gratitude list this is important of all sorts of coaching love a gratitude list it's so important. What are you grateful for in life? What do you have? When you become appreciative of this, you realise that there's no particular reason why you need to meet someone to, to meet your needs. Your needs are already net, met, already been met, but it's still helpful to do that. Then what I think you should do is take some form of action. By going onto a dating app, by letting your friends know if they've got anyone they can introduce you to, is very, very important. Nothing is going to change if you put your life on hold forever. Mm-hmm. This can go on for some time. I wrote a blog on my website about this. I've got a lot of feedback on it. Your life should not be on pause at any time. People are willing to go out there, even if you have to talk for a few weeks before you do meet them. Go mm-hmm. out there and-, and the first thing is, which is along the same sort of lines, is take a risk. Let go of all your expectations. Let go of your, your checklist and just be open to who the universe is going to bring to you. Because by taking action and by being grateful, you're going to attract someone into your life in the right way and realise that, there is someone out there for everyone, but sitting at home waiting for them to knock on your door is not going to happen right yeah. now. Absolutely, that is not going to happen. So, uh, top three takeaways, uh, listeners: so gratitude journal, take action, and take a risk. Come out of that comfort zone. So, they always say, with anything in life, you want to make something happen, you've got to take the step forward however small it is take that step thank you for that um james really really useful tips um i'm really conscious of time so uh very quickly who has been the most influential person for you or oh and could you give us a special quote or something inspirational for us to remember about dating fantastic one of my own personal, someone that's influenced me in my life. Someone yes. that's been important to me. I would say that would have been my dad. 
who isn't around anymore, unfortunately, mm. but he's the one that taught me that you could achieve anything if you put your mind to it. And that in itself is a pretty much a, a good quote. You might see that on Instagram, but it's so true. He taught me that there are no obstacles in life. You have to keep going for something that you want and don't let anyone else tell you different because everyone's unique and everyone's got their own things to do. And that really, really inspired me. And I've always thought of many of his little, little phrases. If I'm going to go on with one of my, one of, one of my inspirational quotes, well, based on what my dad used to say to me, yeah. which is, what did he say to me? Um, a failure to prepare is preparation for failure. Yes. Which I used to say that in a quite a negative way when he used to tell me that. But <laughs> in reality, it means if you don't know what you want, you're not taking action, you're not getting yourself ready for anything, then how can you really expect to succeed at it? So if you want to be successful at anything, say dating, mm-hmm. then you have to be be willing to get yourself absolutely in tip-top shape, speak to an expert like me to get yourself ready for this and put a plan together. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And you know what? You, when you were talking about the failure to launch and all that, I just remembered the movie, movie Failure to Launch. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just love yeah. that movie. Uh, it's very yeah. interesting. I guess you must get a tickle out of that. <laughs> I, I do, I do, I do. It's difficult. But that's, unfortunately, that's a common problem now. Mm. people are being forced to go back one little step maybe they move back with their parents move back into accommodation with friends and they're not sure what to do into the little bubbles mm. but do you know what that's probably a good thing the more time you can spend with your family and friends even with homeschooling cough cough <laughs> it's still a time we're not going to have again so it's a really really good thing to do and make the most of it and make the most of what we have you know what I, I, you know I wanted to talk about that as well, you know, with couples that are homeschooling and got so much going on, where they're going to find the time or to plan something intimate or just between themselves when those children kind of go off to bed. Yeah. And often when that happens, the last thing you want to do is even talk. You want to sit down, (laughs) bed out on the sofa and watch Netflix, maybe with a takeaway and maybe a glass of wine and do you know what that's absolutely fine right now allow yourself to do that really but you have absolutely really got to make time generally yeah and, and the, the secret is to spice things up a little bit don't order from the same takeaway all the time have different <laughs> things go for when you can and because kids kids don't always sleep either they're always waking up during the night so this is my personal experience it's all very nice to say well will the kids go to bed we'll have some us time and we'll do this but by that time all you want to do is catch up on your social media watch a bit of netflix have a bit of a chat eat and drink and then go to sleep again and you know what that's perfectly fine that's perfectly fine Mm. thank you so much this has been really uh, insightful i'm sure there's lots of listeners out there that are going to take on those top tip advices you know gratitude action take risks be kind to yourself self-awareness love yourself first um and also do things special for other people as well that will make you feel good uh there's a lot in this for people to take away um, if our listeners want to find out more about you and get in touch with you, have a conversation, follow you, where can they go? Great. Well, there's two places. First of all, my website, which is very simple, jamespriest.com. That's P-R-E-E-C-E.com. You can go on there, reach out to me, download my free COVID dating book. You can get that. Great. Or you can go on to my Instagram, which is very, very busy. People like to interact and my different positive quotes on there. And that is James Priest Coach and do reach out and say hi fantastic uh, it has been an absolute pleasure um i'm already friends with you on linkedin and i will be following you on twitter haven't done that yet quite um but i'll definitely be coming to you for some dating tips 
You do that. <laughs> I love to help people. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, as I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. Please take, you know, listeners, take care of your mental health and well-being around dating. Don't let it get on top of you. Try and be a bit more flexible. There is support out there. You know, James is fantastic. I've told you, you know, he's got so much experience. So do reach out to James Priest. Thank you for coming, James. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Well, there we have it. James Priest and Mayor um, Hannah Gray. So a fantastic show. First of all, uh, before I shoot off, because I've come got about so 45 seconds before the show ends thank you to all of those who've been tweeting in some wonderful tweets and inspiring uh, me and the show so thank you very much also thank you to my sponsors jade uh, window cleaning and also imperial real estate group so thank you again for sponsoring the show just before i shoot off i want to say thank you to um people that are supporting me as well with my radio show. So keep safe, take care, and I'll see you here next time, or next week, uh, same time, same place. The Mindset Matters Show, exploring mental health and wellbeing horizons with Zenat Nurani on Channel 2 Radio.